So if you all haven't noticed, it's election time around here. In some ways, there might not be a lot of love floating around in the air. It's, it's election time. It's obvious with all the, the signs, the yard signs, um, the signs in front of businesses, the signs clustered on every busy street corner. And so several months ago, we decided that here in Trinity and as a part of Trinity, we would have our own campaign. We would have our own campaign. And at at this time when it's so easy to kind of circle with our team and other, anybody who's not on our team, we decided that we would lift up a campaign in the name of Jesus. And what's that campaign? Love your neighbor. Love your neighbor. And then, even though this was planned months ago, who would know that that right at this time there would be such a need for that in tangible ways, not ways that we would want to have to be doing, but tangible ways because of Hurricane Ian coming in and across the state of Florida and all of the heartbreak and devastation with lives lost and homes lost and businesses lost and hopes and dreams lost. And so at a time like this, it's even more imperative for us to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That's the one thing that we are called to do as Christians. Love. It's the greatest commandment that Jesus told us. Love. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. When there's much division and, and when so many people are hurting and, and at the breaking point in their lives, wiped out by disaster, our campaign is love your neighbor. Just the one thing that makes everything else pale in comparison, love your neighbor. As simple as it sounds though, it's not always that easy, is it? You know, sometimes it's hard to love our neighbors. In his letter to the Romans in chapter 7, Paul talks about how hard it is to, or often how hard it is to do what's right. He writes, I don't do the good that I want to do, but I do the evil that I don't want to do. So I find that as a rule, when I want to do what is good, evil is right there with me. Who will save me from this? And then in chapter 8, he goes on to say that it's Christ who saves us. For in Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation because we are all set free by the power of the Spirit to do the good that we want to do as the Holy Spirit lives in us. Take a listen to what he says at the beginning of chapter 8. And think about how hard it is sometimes to love our neighbors and how we might practice a different way of living as the Spirit of Christ takes up residence in us. This is what Paul says. People whose lives are based on selfishness think about selfish things. But people whose lives are based on the Spirit think about things that are related to the Spirit 
The attitude that comes from selfishness leads to death, but the attitude that comes from the Spirit leads to life and peace. So the attitude that comes from selfishness is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law because it can't. People who are self-centered aren't able to please God. But you aren't self-centered, Paul says. Instead, you are in the Spirit, if in fact God's Spirit lives in you. If anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to him. They don't belong to God. If Christ is in you, the Spirit is, in, the Spirit is your life because of God's righteousness. But the body is dead from, because of sin. If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your human bodies also through his spirit that lives in you. This is the word of God for the people of God and God's people say, thanks be to God. Let me invite you now to, to pause for a moment and do as you do each week and pray for me in offering this message as I pray for you in receiving it. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So several years ago, I read a book called The One Thing, and I had forgotten about it until I was having coffee with a friend last week, and she mentioned it. It's called The One Thing, The Surprisingly Simple Truth About Extraordinary Results. And it's by Keller and Papasan. In the opening scene of the book, the author recalls the old movie City Slicker. Do any of you all remember that movie? Starring Jack Palance and Billy Crystal. Yes, yes. So Billy Crystal is the city slicker and goes out to go on a cattle roundup or something. And Jack Palance is the crusty old cowboy Curly. And they don't get along and they are very different. And somehow they end up kind of on their own riding along together and they begin to have this conversation. And Curly says to Mitch, do you know what the secret of life is? And Mitch replies, no, what? This, Curly says, and he holds up one finger. Your finger? No, one thing, just one thing. You stick to that and everything else don't mean crap. That's not exactly what he said. That's great, says Mitch, but what's the one thing? And Curly says, that's what you've got to figure out. So the premise of the book is that by focusing on one thing at a time, people are living more rewarding lives regardless and, and, and experiencing extraordinary results in every area of their life from, from personal to vocational to spiritual even. The idea is what is the one thing that I can do so that by doing it, everything else will be easier or even unnecessary. Now, that to me sounds surprisingly similar to the question asked of Jesus by a Pharisee. 
What's the greatest commandment of all, he says, trying to find out what that one thing is. Uh, What's that one rule that we should live by? What's that one law? Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest, he said to him. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment, and the second is it, is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now, the Pharisee really doesn't ask Jesus that because he wants to know. He's trying to uh, trip him up, but, but Jesus doesn't fall for it and immediately responds with the call to love. Love. That's the one rule. Love God and love your neighbor as yourself. So church, that's our campaign. That's the one thing that is the most important to us. And everything else shrinks in comparison. Love. Love God and then love others as you love yourself. Because according to the scripture, you really can't love God without loving your neighbor. 1 John 4 says this, Dear friends, let us love each other because love is from God and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. And yet, I know, you know, we all know, it's not quite as simple as it sounds, right? We know how difficult it is to love others. Let's face it, some individuals are just really hard to love. Steve gets to talk about that next week. But as I think about loving our neighbors, I'm thinking about loving groups of people who might have a different point of view than we do or a different take on faith and theology or be of a different political persuasion. It's difficult for us to love people who are different than we are. That's what Paul's talking about in this part of Romans. Sometimes it's hard to love because we are living based on our own selfishness. You may be more familiar with another translation of this scripture which says, living according to the flesh. We're living according to the flesh. But that, that word doesn't mean body and it's not talking about your physical flesh. But, but it's really living a life more focused on yourself. It means being self-centered or selfish. And it's translated like that in the Common English Bible that, that I read. People whose lives are based on selfishness Think about selfish things. Whereas Paul says, when we've given our lives over to Christ, then we can live according to the Spirit. And I keep doing this because people whose lives are based on the Spirit think about things who, that are related to the Spirit. Paul's not saying that there are two parts to who we are, but two ways in which we can live. One is self-centered and selfish And the other is the love and the peace that we have when the Spirit takes up residence in us. We can refuse to love others or care for our neighbors or we can reach out with love and understanding and live according to the Spirit living in us.
It makes me think of a, of a gathering that Trinity planned several years ago. Some of you, many of you know the story. I wasn't serving here at the time, but I saw Dan Johnson, our Trinity Pastor Emeritus, um, on the national news. And he was speaking very articulately about the passion that Trinity had to love your neighbors across any kind of dividing line, even those of faith and religion. Many of you know this story. There was a so-called church right down the road, literally, like two miles from here, and a so-called pastor who decided that they were going to burn the Quran. And Dan and another member of Trinity went with him to see him to try to bring him to his senses. They were courageous enough to go and talk to this guy and try to bring him to his senses. But he was adamant in his prejudice and bigotry and hatred and he would not bend. So... You, Trinity, quickly went into action and brainstormed what could be done to practice another way, to follow the Spirit and to offer love to our neighbors. And you all decided to host a gathering, a gathering for peace, hope, and understanding, it was called, for people of different faiths and different backgrounds to all come together in this place for prayer and song and fellowship and conversation. Now, a friend of mine who was here at Trinity at the time and is still here told me about her experience and feelings around that event. She was wholeheartedly committed to Trinity having that gathering, to its purpose and to participating in it herself. And yet, at the time, she was frightened she didn't know if there would be some kind of, of repercussion for having the event. There would be some kind of backlash. She had serious and warranted concerns about violence happening at or around the gathering. She was seriously concerned about a shooting or even about a bombing, so much so that she did not bring her children with her to the event. She made other arrangements for them. But she still came because she was committed to being here and she was committed to the one thing. She was committed to love, loving her neighbor as she loved herself. Because, you know, that gathering wasn't just about fellowship and it, and it wasn't just about food and conversation and even prayers Although those things happened, it was a gathering for Jews and Christians, for Muslims and Hindus, for Sikhs and atheists and agnostics to come together to offer and be a beacon of hope, to share and spread understanding within the whole greater Gainesville community. For Trinity, it was a gathering to stand for love, to campaign for love, you know, sometimes we're not comfortable showing love to those who are, are, are different than us in one way or another, and yet, filled with the Spirit, we are strengthened to choose to love God and love our neighbors. Through Christ, we can release the self-centeredness 
thinking about ourselves and with the Spirit living in us, we are empowered to love. You know, over the last couple of weeks, um, we've had even more opportunities for this campaign to love because of Hurricane Ian, which we rather would have not had. Um, we've been given this opportunity to love our neighbors. Ten days ago, um, you all and nine other United Methodist churches in the Gainesville area packed flood buckets, buckets filled with everything you need to muck out your house, and. 188 of them to be exact. And then we took those buckets to Ormond Beach, to First United Methodist Church, and somebody came from Coronado United Methodist Church in, in uh, Ormond, in, in Smyrna, and uh, took 25 of those buckets the day after we dropped them off. And then yesterday morning, First Ormond delivered them to these families that you see here. And... Um, they were overwhelmed by the gift of your love for them. We've been loving our neighbors. You've been loving your neighbors. Look at what these folks are going through. People that you don't even know and yet you were showing love to your neighbors. Now Steve and I were out of town the week before last and we were staying with some friends in Savannah, uh, Amy and Lee, and they were saying, what can we do for the people who have been hit by this, um, you know, dreadful hurricane and I, I can't even imagine how they feel and so I was sharing with her a little bit about an experience when when I went to Gulfport Mississippi five days after Katrina hit and what that experience was like and as I was talking to her about that she hopped up from where we were sitting and she went to the kitchen and she was uh, pulling out ingredients and turning on her mixer and, and I said Amy what are you doing and she said I can at least make cookies I can make cookies. And so she made dozens of cookies and packaged them individually and said, take them back and give them out with the flood buckets. And so our friend Scott, the pastor at First Norman, said we gave out those cookies to all the kids in the neighborhoods as we were delivering those flood buckets. And what an impact that made of them, on them. What a, what a small gift, but a gift of love. And then finally, last weekend, Trinity sent 11 people, the emergency response team, trained by the United Methodist Church to go into places where there's disaster immediately following that disaster. It is incredibly significant work, and it's also incredibly demanding of the team, both physically and emotionally. And yet 11 folks went from Trinity to an area that they didn't know to people that they didn't know, to work in homes and with families that they didn't know. And you know what? It wasn't important anything about them. Where they went to church or uh, what their politics were or, or what their background was. They just went and they helped them. A tangible way that we are loving our neighbors. In blogging about the experience, um, uh, as, as one of the team members, Andy Adkins uh, said this, military veterans often <clears throat> occasionally use the term sense of purpose that loosely translates to why am I here? And I can tell you with certainty, our ERT team felt that sense of purpose. Now I would say that that sense of purpose 
is the one thing that we are supposed to do as Christians. It's the reason we are here to love, to love God, and because we love God, to love our neighbors. And we can only do it well if we empty ourselves empty ourselves of our selfishness and our self-centeredness and let the Spirit in. As Paul says, but you aren't self-centered. Instead, you're in the Spirit. If in fact God's Spirit takes up residence in you. So I want to encourage this week uh, for you to do three things to show your love for your neighbors. One, if you haven't already done so, I encourage you to give financially. Just market Hurricane Ian. 100% of what you give goes to help people who have uh, been affected by Hurricane Ian. It goes to the United Methodist Committee on Relief for work in the Florida Conference. Everybody can do something. Kids can give a dollar. All of us can probably give 10 or $20. And, and, you know, some of us can give 50 or 100 or 500 or even more. What you give is a tangible way to show your love for your neighbors. Second, be a part of our campaign to love. After the service, there's a table outside. Stop and pick up a magnet and a yard sign on your way out. If you can, make a donation. But if you can't, that's okay. Pick up a yard sign or two. Put one in your yard and put one among all those political signs that you see on a street corner. Seriously, in the middle of all those signs, we want to see love your neighbor signs. Love your neighbor signs. That's our campaign at Trinity. Love your neighbors. And then finally... Do something very tangible to show your love for someone with whom you don't normally interact, okay? Somebody who's different from you or just somebody with whom you don't normally interact. You might uh, take some kind of offering of love and, and support to teachers at a school that's in another part of town. Or you might take something to first responders at one of our fire stations or, or, or GPD. Um, take cookies to uh, Gator Wesley, our college students in our United Methodist uh, organization there. Take cookies to them. Um, take a plant to City Hall and just let them know that you love them. Volunteer to sign up and, and work at the polls. And when you're there, Show as much love and joy and gratitude as you can. Do something to show people that you don't normally interact with that you love them, that we, Trinity, love our neighbors. Most importantly, let the Holy Spirit reside in you. Loving our neighbors can be difficult. Loving those with different ideas and different political feelings and different, different uh, beliefs. Loving can be difficult, but if the Holy Spirit takes up residence, now that's not just a visit, but takes up residence in you, you will be empowered to love. Put your sign in your yard. I've got one in mine. I don't even think we're supposed to have signs, but I put it in there anyway. Uh, I'm going to ask for forgiveness instead of permission. Um, put a sign in your yard and then be doggedly determined to love your neighbors. 
Love is the one thing that will impact the world for Jesus Christ more than anything else. So love, love your neighbors in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh God, you are generous and loving in all ways at all times. You overflow with love for us and we rest in that love. Now fill us by the power of your Holy Spirit so that we can love others because we admit and we confess that often we are harsh, we are unloving, we have negative feelings toward those who, who think or act or, or are different from the way we think or act. So, oh God, forgive us. And by your spirit, come in and, and throw all of that garbage out of us that the spirit might take up residence and live in us that we would be empowered to love. Oh God, help us to love, to love you with all our heart and mind and soul and strength and to love our neighbors as ourselves. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.